Would you go to John, please, the third chapter, Gospel account of John, chapter 3. Like Phyllis was saying, it's certainly good to be together with you. We count it <clears throat> such an honor to be uh, in the ministry and minister to you and, and to others. It's just, uh, this life is so short. So short. Soon and very soon, we're all going to be out of here. And so many things that people do won't matter. But anything we do has to do with His kingdom, His people, His plan, lasts forever. And so you want to be a part of that. And uh, we are a part of His church and His family, His ministry, acting on the directive to go into all the world, and proclaim the good news to everybody. In John 3 and verse 16. Anybody read this one? Huh? John 3, 16. Do you suppose you know all there is to know about John three sixteen? I, I assure you, you don't. It says, for God so loved the world. Did the world love him? No. no. Mm -mm. So does somebody have to love you for you to love them? No. 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 Not the God kind of love. God so loved the world. This is amazing. The the hateful, cruel, false God-worshipping, rebellious population of the earth, God still cared enough about to provide a way out. He's a good God. I said He's a good God. God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting, that's eternal, life. Some years ago, I was uh, uh, seeking the Lord about something, and, and He spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me, like He'll speak to every Christian, you learn how to listen. He said, uh, uh, the greatest expression of love... Is giving. Well, anytime a thought comes to you, you need to examine it because even though something is spiritual, that doesn't make it God. And so at when I first heard that in my heart and mind, I thought, is that right? The greatest expression of love is giving? And while I was pondering it, he brought this verse to me right here. And that's how the Holy Spirit does. And you are always fine anytime something comes to you to ask the Lord, give me scripture for that. He'll be glad to do it. It's the enemy that doesn't want you in the scriptures. Give me scripture for that. Help me see that in the Bible. And if it's really true, you won't find half of a verse, you'll find multiple places and scriptures 
that agree and confirm it. I said, is, is that right? The greatest? Because, you know, what about telling somebody you love them? What, I mean, there's all kind of expressions of love. Would you say giving is the greatest? And, and while I was pondering it, he brought this to me. For God so loved the world that he yelled from heaven, I love you. <laughs> now, he has told us that he does. But is that the greatest expression? What's the greatest expression of love from God to mankind? It's what we're celebrating in these days. The giving of His Son, which is the giving of salvation and redemption. Loving us enough to give the most precious. And so... uh, You never want to question God's love for you. And you do not want to try to challenge him to prove to you that he loves you. It is insulting when you look at Jesus hanging on the cross and you say, don't you care about me? Are you kidding? Why did he go to the cross? Why did he come from heaven? He's got nothing to prove to you. That he loves you. He has proven it over and over. Let me give you another proof. Take a breath. You like that? <laughs> Whose air are you breathing? Whose gravity is keeping your feet on the ground? Huh? Whose life is keeping your heart beating? You want to take another one? Nice. Uh-uh. Never, ever challenge God and say, if you're real, prove it to me. Now, somebody really doesn't know God, he's merciful. But people like you and me, uh uh-uh. He's done too much for us. Is that right? right. For us to be saying such disrespectful things. Say it out loud. Say, I know know God loves me. me. He's proven it over and over again. Said out loud, thank you, Father, for loving me. Believe it. Believe the love that he has for you. Accept it. Believe it. Quit challenging. This will help you with other people, too. Right? Don't challenge other people to prove their love to you. Show them you love them. Sow a seed, right? It'll come back to you. Uh, God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Uh, Go to John 14. You're there in the third chapter. Go to chapter 14. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. God is love. Love gives. Love is a giver. In John 14, um, verse 26, Jesus said, The Comforter, John 14, 26, The Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Somebody said, well, what? It said Holy Ghost. Why don't you say ghost? Because that's not the word. 
the, the word is pneuma, it means spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. And so ghost is an old English King James word. We were having a, a meeting actually in Miami. Oh, this would have been 30 years ago. Yeah, 30, 35 years ago. And a bunch of us, there were 70 of us ministers went to uh, Joe's Crab. Joe's Stone Crab in uh, Miami Beach. Yeah, if you get to Joe's down there, you, you want to go by there. And get <laughs> well, it was a real treat, you know. I was a bunch of us, too, and we'd been in a big conference and meeting uh, with Brother Hagen that we used to help. And uh, um, so it was obvious all of us came in chattering, talking. We're all up. We're all jazzed. We had had a great morning service, and we were pumped, man. And um, there was some people sitting in there, you know, and, and uh, well, uh, one of our wildest evangelists, as the, he walked by, this lady grabbed him. She said, what's going on here? Boy, she didn't know who she got when she grabbed him. He said, she, he said, he said, huh? She said, what is all this? He said, Holy Ghost. We're having a Holy Ghost meeting. Yeah. She said, do you wear a costume today? <laughs> See, she heard ghost. Right? You've got to watch the language you use. A lot of times people don't know what you're talking about. But it's actually Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I what? Give to you, not as the world gives. Give I to you. Notice how much emphasis on giving. Give, give, give. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Why don't you confess that? Say, I have his peace. He gave it to me. I receive it. I have it. His peace. That'll get you through anything. But he said... I give it to you, but not as the world gives, give I to you. What the world calls giving, the ungodly world, is not what God calls giving. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is what I'm going to call true giving. True giving. And it's perfectly in line with what's going on this time of the year. We celebrate the giving of the greatest gift by giving gifts. Hmm? And we do need to know that it's, Christmas has become all too commercial. But at the same time, it's appropriate to give because that's what happened. God so loved the world that he gave. But not like the world gives. How does the world give? Well, he's talking about the ungodly world. The world that is not like him. Ungodless world. 
Uh, go with me over to Luke, Luke 14. Luke 14. You'll find that in many cases, including church-going people, what people call giving is not really giving. In uh, Luke 14, 12, Jesus said to them, uh, when you make a dinner or a supper, don't call your friends and your brethren and your kinsmen or your rich neighbors. Rich. Lest they also bid or invite you again and a recompense be made. But when you make a feast, now feast is when you go all out. Call the poor, the main, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. <laughs> Y'all are too quiet. <laughs> you'll be blessed. Why? Why will you be blessed? Because you owe them. And you've been so blessed, you should pay back. No. 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 Did everybody hear me say no? No. Yes. If you think like that, you're not giving. That's good. That's right. That's right. That's right. Giving, let's do. That's not giving. If you owe it to them, you're just paying what you owe. That's right. There's no giving involved. Are y'all awake or not? Yes. Yes. Huh? No. Now, see, you'll hear that, that, that tangled up and wrapped up in what people call Christianity. And a lot of what people, people's religion is involved in is uh, blame and guilt and shame. Try to shame you. You know, here, you spent, you know, $50,000 on a new car. Don't you know there's people starving, don't have enough to eat? That's trying to guilt somebody. That's trying to shame somebody. You owe it to, to people that have less than you. Well, then if I owe it to them, I'm not giving them anything. I'm simply paying what I owe. And do I owe everybody who has less than me? And why would I? Y'all are quiet. See, the enemy is crafty. He is really tricky. He's And he is more religious than anybody you've ever come across. Didn't he quote scriptures to Jesus? Oh, yeah. He He's a master at twisting scriptures. And he's the most religious being you've ever come across. He transforms himself into an angel of light. His, his constant M.O. is to try to convince you that what he's peddling comes from God. And if you don't know it is written, Amen. you'll be easily duped, easily fooled. You'll buy right into it 
with millions that are nodding their head and go, that's right, that's right, you owe it. No. If you owe it, you can't give. God, did God owe us salvation, redemption, Jesus? Had we earned it? Did we deserve it? No. No. He gave us. Oh, somebody say gave. He, He gave us free, undeserved gift of Jesus, of life. Hallelujah. He gave us, gave us something we can never pay back. It's an insult to try. I said it's an insult to act like you could pay back what has been given to you. You cannot. I cannot. I could never have saved myself. You could never have saved yourself. That's why Jesus had to come. And do it. Hallelujah. But he did. I said he did. And, and he's offered the results of redemption to every human being on the planet in every generation. And if you don't receive it and gladly shout, thank you, you are a fool. But by the grace of God, we'll not be fools. We have received. And we know how to receive and not try to pay it back. And we know how to let that same nature, that same love, the Bible said the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's that same love that God is. And God, who is love, is a giver. And that makes me a giver. Now, I can live in the flesh and fear and suppress that. And not act like it. But if I let that love uh, dominate and and guide me, I will be a giver. If you're a giver, that's not a buyer. That's not a trader. To try to trade for something. It's a giving. Why is he saying this? When you make a feast, verse 13, call the poor. Call the maimed, call the lame, call the blind, and you'll be blessed. Why? Because they can't pay you back. And you did some actual giving. Amen. Asking for nothing in return. Expecting nothing of them. Expecting not one thing. From those you gave it to. Except wanting to see them receive it. And enjoy it. And benefit from it. Didn't say I'm not expecting anything. I am expecting something from God. Not from them. Right? I'm expecting every good seed I sow. To come back to me multiplied. But I'm not looking to them. Not looking to the ones we gave to for anything. The W.E.B., the English Bible says, you will be blessed because they don't have the resources to repay you. 
You'll be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. Yeah. I like that, don't you? (laughs) I don't want them repaying me that pot roast. (laughs) Or that casserole. Enjoy the casserole. Is that right? I don't know. But but God remembering what you did and God blessing you and repaying. Now that's worth something. That lasts. In Proverbs 19, 17, we touched on this a number of weeks ago, but let's repeat it. So, Proverbs, did I, did I, what did I say? Yeah, Proverbs 19, 17. Y'all are sharp, right, right there. Proverbs 19, 17 is what we were already talking about. He that, that has pity on the poor owes it to them. Hmm? If I if I have more than somebody else, do I owe them some of what I have? No. Why would I? Especially if if the Lord gave it to me, wouldn't the Lord do something for them too? That's right. If they would look to Him, yes. if they would listen to Him. If they would submit to his lordship, and if he told them to get a job, they would get a job. And if he told them to tithe and sow, they would tithe and sow. If he told them to give, they would give. Couldn't they be blessed? Doesn't everyone on the planet have the same opportunity to the same God, to the same source and same supply? Yeah, you do. Now, you can make excuses and go, yeah, but I don't have education and I don't have this. And You're forgetting about God. Right. Yeah, people will treat you wrong. The world is not fair. If you're expecting the world to be fair, you're going to cry. <laughs> the world is mean. People are ugly. They are cruel. They are biased. They are selfish. They are everything in the world. And if you expect a sinner to be different from that... You're going to be disappointed. But God. God is real. And he's faithful. And he's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where you came from. Or who you know or don't. Or what you went to school. Or you didn't. Or can't even write your name. I was laughing about it. Brother Bill Winston said uh, there was somebody in his church that had no education and language wasn't good and all this, but he started getting involved in the principles of the Word, and man, God gave him a business, and then he prospered his business. He became a wealthy man. Next thing you know, he's got a house, and he's, he was telling Brother Bill that he, got a, he had a, a big bathroom in his master suite and had a jacuzzi. <laughs> Uh, a jacuzzi tub. <laughs> Somebody said, well, that, that's not right. Yeah, and they don't have one. There you go. Oh, they can pronounce it. <laughs> Is that right? You'd rather be able to have a degree and, and pronounce it and never have one? or? <laughs> I think it. I, I think I'll just use that name, too. I like that. 
jacuzzi tub. <laughs> what I'm saying, God is no respecter of persons. You don't have to know anybody. You don't have to have a bunch of degrees. Right? But if you accept, yeah, but I'm this, I'm younger, I'm older, I'm from here, I'm this, I'm that, I can't have it. Well, then you can't. You're stuck. But it's not because God can't do it. Now, granted, there are people that have come up in some terrible circumstances and have not had some opportunities that others have had. But, but, God's bigger than all that. I'm telling you, if you'll, I don't care where a person is on the planet, if they are in a cardboard box beside of a ditch, if they will look up to God, I'm telling you, if they will look up to God and call on Him and believe in Him, He will show them something to do. He will. And if they will do it, and that's where the sticky part comes in, millions of people will not do what He tells them to do. They will not do it. They hold on to their fear. They won't do it. Sometimes just lazy. Sometimes just rebellious. Whatever the case may be. But if you won't listen to him, you're stuck. Well, if you won't listen to him, why do I owe you something? Huh? And why should I be your source? I can't be your source. I can't be my own source. Right? Never let anyone make you their source. Don't do it. This includes your kids. As soon as your children begin to be old enough to understand, you wean them off of you onto God. Soon as you can. Why? Because you can't do everything for them. Soon and very soon, there are things you, you, that they'll need and they'll want. You can't do it. If they don't learn how to look to God for themselves, they're going to be limited. 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 And this is everybody. You don't look to your spouse. You don't look to your parents. You don't look to your company you work for. You certainly don't look to the government. Are y'all listening to me or not? Now, you're laughing, but ungodly man only knows man as a source. And they are mean. Their solution is find who has it and take it from them. Huh? You know, pass some laws and do it all legal and nice like. (laughs) But it's still stealing. It's still stealing. No. You don't owe people what you have. Because they have less. But if you care, you're a giver. Right? And if somebody is believing God for something, you want to be available for Him to touch you and put resources in your hands and in your control that you can be an answer to their prayer. Not because they deserve it any more than you deserve it. Not because you owe it to them. But because like your Father in heaven, who so loved the world that He gave, you love, too. So you're a giver, too. Can you say amen? Amen. He that has pity on the poor, Proverbs 19, 17, he does what? 
lends to the Lord, and that which he's given to the poor, God's going to pay him again. Well, I must not have owed it to them, or God wouldn't be paying me back. Is that right? Right? If I owed it to them, that, this wouldn't be so. <laughs> Said out loud, God so loved that he gave. I love, so I give also. First Peter 4. First Peter 4. And verse 8. First Peter 4, 8. It says, above all things. That's a big statement. Have fervent love among yourselves. For love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-mm. This is wonderful that, uh, you know, we don't know all your mistakes. And you don't know ours. Thank God. <laughs> but God knows all of it. He knows even just the dumb, stupid, or evil thoughts or intents you ever had, as well as all the disobedience, things you knew to do and didn't do. And he knows all that and still loves you. Now, that's a gift. I said, that's a gift. And he wants us to do the same, looking at each other. We may not love what they did, but we can still love them. Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for love covers the multitude of sins. Verse 9, use hospitality one to another, what? Without grudging. Without grudging. Why would you grudge? Hospitality. See, we're, we're in the middle of that right now, aren't we? Visiting people, people visiting us, meals, get-togethers. He said, use hospitality. Do it. Be hospitable. Make the effort. Spend the money. Do it. Why? It's giving. Isn't it? It's giving. And I saw something, what a, uh, maybe this was last year, they were talking about... Uh, some people were charging folks for their Thanksgiving dinners when they came. They wanted them to. <laughs> it's their family. And they say, you know, fork up, you know, everybody give $20. Well, that ain't giving. Huh? That's not giving. And if you say, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm the, the mother, the aunt, the grandmother, who I, I'm on a fixed income. Well, then God's not your source. How many think if any grandmother, our mother or grandfather, anybody anywhere would ask God for some extra for a Christmas dinner? God could and would do it. You believe that? Wouldn't be much of a God if he couldn't do that. Oh, he wants to. Easy. Easy. If you ask, if you look, do it without grudging. Jesus said, I give you my peace, not like the world gives. 
How does the world give? With strings. <laughs> I said with strings and ropes and cables <laughs> and chains <laughs> attached. What do you mean? Well, I'd be glad, you know, to give you this. Huh? Huh? If, if, you know, I, I wash your back. This is not giving. I said, this is not giving. And you know, I, I, I'm glad to do this, but you know, um, down the road, I may ask you for a, a favor. <laughs> you didn't give anything. You didn't give anything. That's, that's not giving. Now listen to this one. After all I've done for them. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I gave everything for that kid. Changed their dirty diaper. Fed them and worked two jobs. I gave them everything. Apparently not. Because you want some payback now. Gave the best years of my life to him. And now he can't even do this for me. That's like the world gives. Hmm? If you really gave it, you're asking for nothing from them. Not now. Not next year. Elsewise, you didn't give them anything. You were wanting something in return. You were wanting acknowledgement. You were wanting appreciation. You were wanting place. You were wanting favor. You were wanting promotion. You were wanting literal payback. After all I've done for them, I deserve it. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you deserve it, they can't give you anything. They're just paying what they owe you. Because you earned it. Because you deserve it. Can you see why we're talking about this today? There is this convolution. There is this confusion. Aren't you glad God didn't say, I saved your hide, didn't I? <laughs> you were you were about to be smoky burnt toast in hell. So you're my slave. And you will pay me for the rest of your No, no, no. One of the things that makes me love God so much is that He owns me. Multiple times over, first by right of creation. No human beings would exist if he hadn't made them. And then human beings lost themselves through rebellion. And we couldn't even sustain ourselves a millisecond. Who keeps our star burning? Who keeps our atmosphere going? Who keeps our hearts beating? He owns me. By right of creation. He owns me by right of sustaining me every millisecond. And then he went and sent his only son and paid his precious blood to buy me back from sin, condemnation, and hell. 
So now he owns me by right of redemption. And then he says, here, I bought you freedom. Here's the keys. Serve me if you want to. Mm. If I want to. I want to. How about you? I want to. That's giving. That's true giving. Not requiring. Not demanding. Not forcing. I didn't deserve it. Can't pay it back. But I have received it. Hallelujah. And one thing I can do. I can be like my great father. I can be a giver. Hallelujah. Which is one reason I want to believe for abundance. Abundance of resources of every kind. Is that right? Money, favor, ability, stuff. Why? So I can give. I can give. 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 Something as simple as a Thanksgiving meal, as a Christmas dinner. He said, do it. Be hospitable, but what? No grudging. Did you see them? Plop down there, ate half the potato salad, and didn't, didn't leave enough for everybody else. <laughs> You're grudging them. You're grudging them. <laughs> Next time, maybe keep the big bowl in the kitchen and just come by and serve them. <laughs> but don't grudge them. I said, don't grudge it. Next time, make more potato salad. That's right. Just make, make, make more. <laughs> Enlarge your vision. <laughs> Y'all okay? (laughs) But see, do people get into this? After all I did, I cooked for three days. They can't even help clean up the kitchen. See, you think they owe you something. You want some kind of payment for what you did for them. You're not really giving. That's not giving. Giving is, you know, Paul said this, the church at Corinth had decided they wanted some new apostles, not him. He was old and passe. And he said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more I love you, the less you love me. That's the love of God. Is that right? Not asking for something for you. No, you don't owe me a thing. Right. Why? Because I gave that to you. That's right. That's right. No, strings, no strings. Asking for nothing in return from you. But will God remember it? Yes. And God pay you? Yes. And God take care of you? Yes. Way more than they could ever do. Amen. Oh, somebody say thank you. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go to Second Corinthians in closing, I think. Think you could get out early? It's possible. Second Corinthians nine, 
and verse 5. I'm reading out of the complete Jewish Bible, if we have that one, the CJB. Use hospitality with one another without what? No grudging. Now, that word also is translated grumbling. Grumbling. (laughs) Grumbling and griping. (laughs) It's actually being petty. It's being immature. It's being childish. If you didn't want to give them a dinner, why'd you do it? Right? Right? (laughs) And if you're going to give them a dinner, give them a dinner. Give it to them. Right? right. And don't ask for anything. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Nothing in return. (sighs) Second Corinthians 9 5, complete Jewish, if we have it. He said, So I thought it necessary, or just King James, if you don't have that, I thought it necessary to urge these brothers. To go on ahead of me and prepare your promised gift in plenty of time. Everybody say gift, gift, gift. This way it will be ready when I come and it will be a genuine gift. That's why I'm reading the complete Jewish. I like the way. It will be a genuine gift, not something extracted by pressure. When it comes to giving to the things of God, like offerings and all these things... The Lord does not just want people to give. He wants you to want to give. And if you don't, then the offering wouldn't be acceptable. If you do it grudgingly, that's what he gets into here in just a moment. Sometimes I've heard preachers, it sounded like if they just shook the people long enough till the money fell out, they'd be blessed in spite. No, they won't. No, they won't. If you don't want to do it, if you're not glad to do it, it doesn't work. It's because it's not giving. There should be no pressure. None. No pressure. He said uh, it would be a genuine gift, not something extracted by pressure. And here's the point. He who plants sparingly also harvests sparingly. Each should give according to what he's decided in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves. Why? Because if it's not. If you're not glad to do it. You're not really giving. Can you see that? If you're not glad to do it. Why are you doing it? Think about Luke 6.38. Put that on the screen for us please. Luke 6.38, what's the first word? Do what? Buy. Trade. Huh? Give, and it'll be given to you. you. Do you understand? We cannot buy blessing. Hmm? I don't like to see it when people say, well, I'm going to sow this offering for my healing. I don't like that. Uh Uh-uh. Your healing has been bought and paid for. Money has nothing to do with that. Huh? 
I'm going to sow this seed for the salvation of my kin folks. Uh uh. Nope. Nope. If what Jesus did didn't take care of it, your hundred dollars ain't going to help. <laughs> Is that right? Who think I've ever said it like that before? <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. I've had people say, well, I, you know, I want to sow this seed into your ministry and that you lay hands on me and, and have some of your anointing. I didn't give the anointing I have to myself. I, I can't give it to you. And you certainly can't buy it. Don't you remember that that's what Simon the sorcerer got so much in trouble about in the book of Acts? Because he offered the apostles money. Huh? And man, Peter got rough with him. And I mean, it was the Holy Spirit through Peter. And, and, and he said, your money perish with you. That's, that word perish is the same word like going to hell. Whew. Your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the, the gift of God. Gift, gift, yes. gift. Did you hear that? That the gift of God could be purchased with money. No amount of money will ever be equal to the value of what was bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb. Mm -mm. No. You cannot buy anointing. You cannot buy blessing. You cannot buy a healing. You cannot buy a salvation. Ever. Why? Because it's already. It's already been bought and paid for. And given as a free gift. And he's not asking you to do something else to help pay for it. Or to qualify for it. Every seed produces after its own kind. That's another subject. Keep reading. Here's the point. He who, who plants sparingly, harvests sparingly. Each should give according to what he's decided in his heart. Not grudgingly, nor under compulsion. See, this is true giving. No compulsion. No grudging. No wanting something in return. God loves a cheerful, glad to do it. Prompt to do it, wants to do it, wants to do it, giver. Moreover, God has the power to provide you with every gracious gift in abundance, so that always and in every way you'll have all you need yourselves and be able to provide abundantly for every good cause. As the scripture said, he gave generously to the poor. His righteousness lasts forever. Amen. Are there blessings on the givers? Yes. The true givers. Yes. He goes on to say, he who provides seed for the planter and bread for the food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in everything. Amen. Try that out loud. Enriched, Enriched. In, every in every way. Generous, Generous. in everything. In everything. 
And through us, your generosity will cause people to thank God. Because rendering this holy service not only provides for the needs of God's people, it overflows in the many thanks people will be giving to God. In offering this service, you prove to these people that you glorify God by actually doing what your acknowledgement of the good news of the Messiah requires. Namely, sharing generously with them and with everyone. And in their prayers, they'll feel a strong affection for you because of how gracious God has been to you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Talking about Jesus. And that's what made them want to and able to be such givers that they were. Helping people who were in need at that time. Stand on your feet, everybody.